so I did, I, you know, I put it up on Airbnb, like in July of 2017 for, you know, getting ready for August. And, um, our first booking was $4,000. So yeah, for a four night, four nights. (laughs) I mean, talk about hooked by the money, right? I was like, Oh, we're in this. (laughs) Like we were sold immediately. Welcome to live, let thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. (laughs) What we, ah, we, see, we're already screwing up. This is uh, (laughs) Live, Let, Thrive, uh, your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Turo, HomeAway, all that stuff, podcast, and share economy, and innovation, and everything in between. And we are back with episode 90. 90, man. We've been running two years strong. Hey, we started uh, from the bottom. Yeah. So today, we actually have someone from my home state of Oregon joining us by the name of Veronica. Yay! Up for Veronica. Yay! <laughs> all right, Veronica. Say something interesting. Oh my gosh, there's, seriously, I heard a lot of your guys' podcast talking about regulations, and we are just like a hotbed of regulations going on around here right now. Really? So it's, yeah, like we just had new regulations um, lifted, like we had regulations and they got lifted last week, so it's like, oh, it's such an exciting time for us here. What regulations were lifted last week? Well, so I live in a suburb. Um, everybody probably in any major city has one of those suburbs where it's like the hoity toity suburb, like everyone's like super fancy, you know, and I bought a house in that suburb. And so two years ago, they outlawed Airbnbs, but it just so happened that I lived two blocks outside of the like incorporated area. So I only had to follow county rules. So I was able to do Airbnb the whole time, but the city two blocks from me, Um, just 100% outlawed it. And last week, they lifted it, like, as good as you could expect. Like, it has to be a primary resident that rents, but you can do it for as many nights a year as you want. You can rent out the whole house. Like, there's no, there's basically no restrictions as long as it's your primary residence. Wow. That's awesome. where, Where are you located? So I'm in Lake Oswego, Oregon, which is just south of Portland. It's about it's like the next city down from Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Wow, they lifted all the bands on it. Yeah. But it's it still has to be your, your primary residence still, though. Yes, but unlike that, I, I think a lot of people who are who are Airbnb hosts saw that story from that couple in Denver, um, where the couple was with the primary residence, um, like trying to like blackmail some politician or something like that. Um, in any case, the the wording on what is going on here is actually much looser. It doesn't actually say you have to live there some specific number of nights. It just says that that's what has to be on your driver's license. So, you know, it's new, but like it's it's not as like like you must live there for X number of nights. I, I can see um, Micah getting like five or six different driver's licenses <laughs> over there. <laughs> Well, it would it would allow him to be able to do one, and his wife to be able to do one at the very least, and then any you know maybe adult children, or it just gives you more flexibility, I think, 
without it being, you know, the city of Portland requires that you be in the house every night except for 95 nights per year. So you can rent your whole house for 95 nights per year, but the rest of the nights you have to be on premises. So that's a very specific rule Mm -hmm. that wouldn't really give a lot of wiggle room for lots of, you know, homes. A question about Portland, because Mm -hmm. I was just up there and they did something kind of weird. Like me and my my wife were kind of, we were not uncomfortable with it, but it was weird. Like they, at the very end of our stay, they asked for our drivers. No, no, no. They asked for our license plate on our car. Which I didn't really care. I gave it to him only because it was a rental anyway. Mm-hmm. But if it was my personal, I don't know if I would have gave him that. Is that like mm-hmm. a rule up there or what? Yeah. So they have to do these log books um, to keep records for the city that can be audited at any time. So they do have some additional regulations. Because they are very concerned about, uh, you know, the housing crisis. They They feel, you know, I don't necessarily feel this way, but they feel that that houses are just being scooped up and, and, you know, thousands of people are Airbnb and taking away the affordable housing. So that's kind of why they're being so vigilant about that. Well, well here's the thing with that. I mean, y'all got like a, a crap load of land out there, right? The trees yeah. and stuff. And the hipsters love tiny homes and they love tree houses. So I just throw those everywhere, you know, problem solved. <laughs> It's expensive to start up. I mean, like I heard you guys talking about some some of the ways that you um, use your investments to leverage into to multiple properties. I mean, out here, are like they did a recent study on how long it takes the average person to save up twenty percent down, and it's twenty years. If they were to save up like the traditional twenty percent down, it's like forever. The age of first home purchase is like. 36 years old. I mean, it's like, it's silliness, like the cost benefit analysis of buying a house right now, at least up here. And, and so what, what, like I said, if you have so much land, I mean, they couldn't they just start building more houses? And is that, am I just looking at it too simplistically? Um, well, actually, there's, with our homeless crisis, there's actually enough places to, to house them if all the vacant properties were turned into something to, I don't know. I think it's just greed, honestly. Like, yes, there's enough places to put our homeless people. They just choose not to. They'd rather just leave it vacant and dilapidated than, like, make an option. So. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't even noticed Portland's had homeless issues before I even left. So yeah. Bad. yeah. Just like Austin. Do they? Yeah. Just like Austin. Austin's very similar to it. So, All right. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going to ask you. So mm-hmm. how long have you been doing Airbnb? So I have been doing Airbnb since August of 2017, so almost two years now. Okay. And Mm so kind of, okay, uh, let's all let you, because I I have questions about how you do your your setup. Mm -hmm. Kind of tell them how you, I think pretty much what you told me about how you set up your Airbnbs and how you do it. Yeah, so so I bought this house. um, I bought a short sale, and I bought it in a fancy suburb, sort of hoping to get that equity and really – my dream initially when I bought my house in 2013 was to pay it off and move on to the next house. So I didn't want to be house poor. I just wanted to slowly accumulate real estate. Um, and the Airbnb thing wasn't on my radar even a little bit. I was thinking long term once the house was paid off. But I don't know if you guys were part of the whole like craziness two years ago where that solar eclipse passed through a lot of the country in August 2017. 
So we were outside with my neighbor and she was like making fun of the fact that people were, were renting out like tent space in their backyard apparently. <laughs> and they were just like talking about how they were going to Airbnb their house. And I was kind of like, Hmm, it was just like one of those casual conversations where you don't, nobody really thinks anyone's going to act on it. But I, I went inside and I was like, Oh, I'm going to I'm going to rent out my house. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> So I did, I, you know, I put it up on Airbnb, like in July of 2017 for, you know, getting ready for August. And, um, our first booking was $4,000. So yeah, for a four night, four nights. I mean, talk about hooked by the money, right? I was like, oh, we're in this. <laughs> like We were sold immediately. So, you know, I was thinking of it as a very short term, like maybe a one time thing. Um, and then we were just like, well, we can't turn down this money. So we turned it into sort of like this nomadic thing where like we rent out our whole house. And like right now, the bedroom that I'm in, this is at my mother-in-law's house, which she lives in Portland also. And she li- lives in like a really gigantic house. But mm-hmm. so we just come and stay here like when our house is rented. So we save money. Like it's the last week of my kid's school. Other times we would be gone. Right. So like the the only reason we're here right now is because it's the last week of my kids school. But like we're going to go to Seattle this weekend while we have renters. We go we go wherever we've gone to Japan. We've gone to Spain. We've gone to England. And we have our house rented while we go do these trips. And it basically helps us fund our travel. So that's what we've basically used our money for is we rent out our whole house and we hightail it out and take our kids on vacation. That's smart. That is genius. I love that. Yeah. And you're homeschooling your kids? No, so they go to a private school. They go to a Japanese immersion school. So we're able to like fund that because of our Airbnb and fund oh. our travels. And yeah, it's awesome. That is That's pretty awesome. Crazy. So you, you started during the eclipse thing, right? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Cause I, uh, so, okay, so you, Mahogany still has family up there. And uh, her uncle heard about Airbnb during the eclipse. Did he? Yeah. yeah that's how he, he started doing it. He, he only yeah. did it for the eclipse. He, oh, did he? Yeah. He only rented out a room, but he called her because he had her set it up or whatever. And he called yeah. her, like, uh, not getting any bookings. And we went and looked at his re- his list and he literally, he put a bed up there with, you know, sheets, bed, and pillow. He had McDonald's cups all over his nightstand. I'm like, <laughs> man, you got yeah, that's how a lot of he, he started doing it that way too, and I forgot he made a lot of money off of private rooms. So I was like, yeah. four thousand dollars, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. And um, so you only rent the whole house out. You don't rent. You don't ever stay there and rent out rooms. Correct. We don't. We've never done a, a home sharing situation. Okay. Are you opposed to that, or just weird with the family there? Um. Yeah. I mean, we have small girls. Our our girls are five and seven, and I'm just not super cool with it. Like, and in our house, just isn't. You know, I can see how certain houses would that would maybe be okay, but our house isn't really shaped in a way that that would make sense. So we just, it's not. It's not like we started it for the money. Like we're we're fine. It's just like this is just the icing on the cake. This is just like play money, honestly. Right. Right. And so, and, okay. uh, now, and now with the you said they lifted the ban of the of the county next to y'all or the the area next to y'all. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to get? You think it's going to affect you negatively? Get so, less bookings. You know, I'm kind of one of those things that it's like a rising tide, you know, lifts, lifts all ships. So I just think 
you know, our house is unique in the fact that it will sleep as many as the county deems acceptable. So that's 15. So even though the city next to us now has lifted their ban, they still have to abide by the county, the bigger jurisdiction's laws. And the laws there say 15 people. So our house accommodates 15. And before, like, I don't know, it's just even if a house could accommodate 15, I think a lot of people are not willing to do that. So the fact that we're one of the, you know, handful of places that's willing to rent to the maximum, Mm -hmm. I think we are, we're pretty set. We're okay. Nice, nice. So you said, so pretty much you rent out your house, and when you rent out your house, you go to your mother-in-law's or somewhere else, right? Yeah. So, okay, because me and my my wife are thinking about doing that, but, like, are you skeptical, like, about people staying in your place while you're gone, or are are you also, are you, like, a minimalist? Like, we can just pack up a few things, and we can just go, and it's easy, or how how does that work? Yes, so I actually became a minimalist just one month prior to that eclipse. Because, like, around that time is when that documentary went on Netflix called The Minimalists. Minimalists! And, yeah, Netflix was like, we recommend that you watch this. And I said, <laughs> okay, I love documentaries. So I watched that. So I started down that path of becoming a minimalist. And then I had the, the Airbnb conversation with my neighbor. I put my thing on Airbnb. And then the week after that, I actually met Joshua, who is one of the two minimalists oh, at wow. an airport. And when I met him at the airport, I was like, it's a sign. Like, this, it's telling me to do this. <laughs> so I, just, I kept down the minimalist path. And, yeah, now I would say we're, like, basically, yeah, we're minimalists. And we can just, like, hightail it out of there. We kind of have a go bag ready. Um, and our house is pretty non-personalized, you know, item-wise. I mean, we have toy boxes for our kids and stuff. But we don't have a lot of things that normal people have. <laughs> So what'd you tell Josh from The Minimalist? Wait a minute, you got two bags. What are you doing with (laughs) two bags? (laughs) It's overkill. I I told him how much he inspired me and that, you know, he had inspired my Airbnb. But at that time, I didn't have any good news to tell him. Like, hey, I just got a $4,000 booking. I had just put the listing up like two days prior. And so then the week after when I got that huge booking, I just felt like everything was just clicking. And I said, you know, sometimes life is just showing you that this, is the path and I just felt like it was the path. So I just awesome. kept going. And and like I said, this is fun money for us. So I actually wasn't even I wasn't like counting my cash at the end of that year until somebody was like, Hey, you've been doing that Airbnb thing for a while. You know, how's that going? And I was like, Well, I don't really know. I just spend it all, right? So then I looked and my first year I made forty one thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars. And I, so yeah, I'm just, I'm still going. So I started in, part of the reason that Micah and I were talking is I started an e-course teaching Mm -hmm. other homeowners how to do this with their primary homes. So people don't understand this concept. They're like, where do you go? What do you do with your stuff? Those are the questions I get all the time. So I created a whole e-course called the Homeowner Hustle that teaches people how to turn their homes into this income stream to make it so that you can do what you want pay for retirement or pay off your house or travel or whatever i just travel how do i access this course homeownerhustle.com homeownerhustle.com yeah homeownerhustle.com and use a keyword llt and you get a discount right oh you want me to set up a coupon code (laughs) hey i i haven't done that i just do my affiliates but yeah i could totally set up a a code for you guys awesome Uh, 
Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll advertise you on our um, show notes. Ooh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I love the sharing economy. I mean, you guys are so, you're pitching all sorts of sharing economy. I think it's just fantastic. The whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. as I've been, you know, blogging about this experience, I've run into so many other things like neighbor.com where you can like rent out your attic space. There's probably other ones. That, but hold on, what's it called? It was, it was called neighbor.com. Hmm. Na- neighbor. Like instead of, you know, renting out a storage unit, you rent out like someone's extra attic or whatever. So there's oh, like so your much- storage stuff. Yeah, there's so many different ways to like leverage your space and the items you already have. You know, you guys talk about Turo and different ways to rent out, you know. Yeah. Ooh, you got to look at this. I'm on neighbor.com. That's actually pretty smart. There you go. There's a tip. <laughs> you got to minimize wow. that so that you have the space to let people put their crap. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Everybody's got an attic, man. Put whatever you want up yeah. there. I don't care as long as the AC is still kicking. So exactly. so the the homeowner hustle, mm-hmm. I guess you started it because you were getting bombarded with all kinds of um, questions about Airbnb, I, I reckon. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. true? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said, I'm going to just make me a website, make me a little course, make me a little money. Um, yeah. <laughs> could you give out some, maybe some, some free tips to our, some of our listeners that are contemplating doing Airbnb? It either, um, I don't know if you give out home share tips, but do you, um, is it mostly just running out a prime, uh, the whole house or the whole? Yeah, I mean, I do touch on home sharing also, like for empty nesters, because some of my target audiences are going to be like empty nesters. But a lot of who I'm catering to is people like me, people with young families who just are, I mean, I don't want to say like they're house poor, but they are, they're a little house poor, you know, they don't have that, that disposable cash to do the fun stuff with their kids that they would maybe want to. And if they just tweak their lifestyle a little bit, one of the first things that I created for before I had the course was I created this guide called the 11 essentials guide, which is on my website. And basically it just is all the junk you need to buy that so that you don't have to buy it and return it to Amazon. Like I had to like you buy a comforter and it's too thick and you buy pillowcases and they're too scratchy and you buy all this junk and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just want some stuff to put on the beds, right? So I bought all this stuff and I ended up returning and doing a whole back and forth. So I just put the junk that I actually stuck with in a guide called the 11 Essentials Guide and that's sort of my freebie on my website. Um, So that way they don't have to like waste money and time on the wrong stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, go check it out, y'all. The 11 Essentials. Get your Airbnb up and running today. Totally. I And I kind of say it takes only it only takes 30 days to do the kind of Airbnb that I like to do. It really only takes 30 days to pull all your junk out of the closets, have a massive garage sale to kind of minimize, because that's what a lot of minimalists do to, like, get on that road is, like, you feel attached to your items. You want to make something like some, make some money from those items. Yeah. So you take everything out, you throw a massive garage sale, you kind of make it so that your space isn't as cluttered. And that's just good for Airbnb guests. They're not wanting to walk into a bunch of stuff they could break or like, it's just awkward if it's too personalized. Right. So yeah. people, and it, now that it's summer, this is the perfect time for people to start doing that. Like pull your stuff out, do your garage sale, one week later, you can be taking some photos of your place, popping it up on Airbnb, and like you can still get summer rentals for your place. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> so you, you, you're a minimalist doing this, uh, a, a newfound minimalist, uh, or as uh, of a couple years ago, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Anyways, um, so you have this house that you use on Airbnb, and you, when, you're, when people are staying there, you're staying somewhere else. But, you know, it, it's, it's, I guess the easy part would be to have the garage, they'll get rid of a bunch of junk. But how do you stop, what do they call it, um, um, stuff creep, or how do you stop... From just because it's so easy, just to, it's on our it's on our phones. You mentioned Amazon. You just push a button and you got whatever you want. And yeah. um, how do you stop that from coming back into your house to cluttering it up again? Yeah, I mean it's hard, but I think my girls now that they're a little bit older, they just like they we chant experience is not things experience is not things. And so if we're in Target and they want to get some junky plastic toy, I'll just point to them and be like, "What are we?" what are we? And they're like, minimalist, mom, we're minimalist. So now I've got my little crew of people who are like helping me like stay accountable to not buy the huge consumer driven products. I mean, we don't need that. And my kids love going on trips. So when I'm able to take them to Japan and I'm able to take, we just got back from Italy and Switzerland and France and they love that. And they would rather go to Disneyland Paris than, you know, get a junky target toy. So I think they're on board with the concept because they understand the money's being diverted to something like that. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, Because Josh and, um, Josh and Ryan, Josh and who's the other guy? Josh and Ryan, uh, Ryan, Ryan Ryan Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I love those guys. Those are they're, they're cool guys. I listen to their podcast. Um, Do you? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Awesome. they're awesome. Um, but I, they they give a lot of great advice. Great advice. Great advice. Great advice. And um, but neither of them has kids. One of them has a, a stepdaughter, and you yeah. know they're teaching her things. But um, yeah, a lot of it like to me, I'm like, cause I got kids, and I'm like, man, it it sounds great, and and I try for me, but I got a wife and kids, and so it's. Uh, <laughs> it's a little difficult, but like you said, like uh, get that chance started, you know, or when yeah. they're, when they're not, not in their room, just throw away all their stuff without them looking. Right. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> we, we really tried to position it like we're doing good. So, you know, we had them donate things and my best friend, she works at a low income school. And so when we donated things, she would text us back and be like, you know, here's who got those things. Like we just donated some clothes last week, some summer clothes and she said, I just gave them to a little girl who's never had girl clothes. Oh, you know, they've only had their their older brother's hand-me-downs. And, and those kinds of things, I am trying to teach my kids, just because we have stuff doesn't mean we need to be greedy. So I think mm-hmm. there's so many lessons in minimalism, like teaching your kids those things and, and letting them understand the value of money and not wasting it, and how good it is for the environment to yeah. not have junky plastic toys that we throw away constantly. Mm-hmm. That's great. So. That's great. And and one more question on MM. Or la la la. Mac, it's hard to say. Min, the minimalists. Um, the minimalists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one more question about that, and then we'll jump off to the other stuff because probably our, yeah. our our fans are like, okay, get to the get to the meeting. Money. But Let's talk about money. It's about money. <laughs> and uh, anyways, um, so you, you're minimalist, but do you you see yourself? accumulating more houses to to do this to expand your business and do you see that as a contradiction to you staying minimalist no i think 
I think the the idea of minimalism is is not to have only a hundred items or the number of items that can fit in a backpack. I think the idea of minimalism is to create a life where you enjoy experiences over possessions. And so a house, yes, it's a possession, but it's a means to an end. Like we have to have money to survive and we have to have money to feed our kids and have the experiences. And so some, uh, you know, a group of guys like the minimalists, they make their money on pitching minimalism, but real people who I'm not pitching, you know, I love minimalism, but I'm not making any money from pitching minimalism necessarily. I'm, I'm making money from teaching people how to Airbnb and minimalism is a vehicle to get to that. I like that. I like that. I All like right. that too. Yeah. All right, Micah, bombard her with questions. Get to the meat and the bone. Oh, one question I did have yeah. for you was because uh, mm-hmm. you, you were asked, you were talking earlier, and you said something about your neighbors are sometimes a problem. How did, how have you handled that? What kind of problems have they presented? Oh, yeah. So my neighbors, the the neighbor that initially started the whole idea of when I became an Airbnb host, she has been the biggest problem. She hates the fact that I Airbnb. Like she, she poses like she's like, love everybody. And she's got the, you know, that, that American flag thing in her yard. That's like, you know, talking about how she loves everybody. You know, the one I'm talking about, the famous sign where it's like, we, we love diversity and we love all, she does not, she does not love any of those things because she, (laughs) she's honestly, like, it turns out she hates young people. She hates any minority because those are the, those are when I get the complaints. And I'll check the camera and like, they're doing nothing. They're just existing. Just like how I exist in my home. Like I enter the home, I go inside, I cook. Those are the things that people are doing and she hates (laughs) it. So she has, instead of speaking to them, this is what irritates me the most. Instead of speaking to them, if if they're bothering her in whatever way, just by existing, she instead is more comfortable filming them she pulls out her cell phone and she films them and then she texts me about it and i'm like did you speak to the other human being because they're like five feet away from you like you went out into the middle of the street to film another human being and you didn't use words like we're adults and she was like it's your house you need to control them and i said it's 2 p.m ma'am there's nothing i need to control about anybody everybody is fine (laughs) so (laughs) I I think that there's busybody neighbors and there's just really nothing I can do. Like people on host groups are always saying like, oh, you should try to get her on your team. And it's like, this lady is not on my team. She's mm-hmm. not like she is horrible. She's mm-hmm. a nasty person. And I don't think we can avoid that. You know, people have their opinions about Airbnb. And, and I do believe in property rights and not in the way a p- politician believes in property rights. Like, it's my property. I should be able to do what I want as long as it's not illegal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. making Airbnb illegal is just ridiculous. So that's just unfair. But yeah. it's it's just, I don't know. I think neighbors are just, I think they're mad they didn't think of it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Teach her how I'm to always, do it herself. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm always coming to the conclusion, like every neighbor that I've seen has a problem with it. They are in that older crowd. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess they're just retired bored have nothing to do so they have speak. nothing better to do yeah yeah and i mean this is just sort of a, a digression but i do want to mention one of the things that became a huge problem for me be, as a result of this woman 
is she used my Airbnb listing photos and she then turned them into um, the tax office of our county. And my taxes got raised by $1,000 last year. Mm -hmm. And when I called the tax office to say, why did my taxes get raised? They said that you are required to report to the tax office upgrades that you do, even if they don't require a permit. And I said, I know a lot of humans that own homes and nobody has ever told me that. And they said, well, that tile is obviously not original from the home. And that toilet is obviously new and modern. And that vanity is, and I said, but ma'am, none of those things require permits. And she said, it doesn't matter. As a homeowner, you're required to tell the tax office and you did not. And I said, I, I, I wasn't trying to be malicious, but this woman maliciously used those photos to show the tax office. Just, just for homeowners out there, if they have nasty neighbors, <laughs> I don't know, protect yourself in some way by wow. not That's letting crazy. them know. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Have you ever got um, bad reviews from guests because of her? I mean, in the private notes section, people will sometimes be like, you know, your neighbor cursed me out or whatever. But in general, I generally say to my guests things like, you know, I left out uh, popcorn for your kids to have a movie night or I left out wine for you ladies for your you know weekend away. And just so you know, my across the street neighbor is pretty crazy. So I do apologize for that in advance. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of alert my guests to that ahead of time so that they're not just like blindsided if they get cursed out. Um, so that's kind of my way to, to avoid the bad reviews. And, and I haven't actually gotten technically marked down for that. What, um, what kind of guests do you attract over there? What kind of guests does your house attract? Fantastic guests. I attract (laughs) the best guests ever. Seriously. I, I have been so lucky. I attract families. So because we house 15, um, you know, I attract a lot of like, uh, this this week, it's my my sister's family's from Montana. We're from Houston, and we're meeting here in Portland to hang out. So you know, it's like two four person families meeting, and they don't want hotel rooms. Obviously, they want a house. Um, I I attract things like soccer teams, church groups, work retreats, things like that. But all just amazing, awesome guests. One time, I had somebody who's a rapper. And he was doing a performance and I looked him up afterwards and I was like, oh my gosh, he's like a real rapper who gets like people to buy tickets. <laughs> that was kind of fun. What was his name? His name was Saba, S-A-B-A. He's out of Chicago. Huh. Saba. Yeah. Saba. I'll look him up. Yeah. Now I have a question because you, yeah. you, you list that 15. Have you had troubles with parties or no, not really? I mean, not to the best of my knowledge. I I feel pretty confident that my neighbor would alert me if there was a party. Oh yeah. And I mean, there's there's been like you know a group of firefighters who were there for a bachelor party, but you know I walk in and it's cleaner than when I'm using it as my own house. So like as a as a host, I'm not tripping about that. Yeah. I don't care if you had a bachelor party as long as you're not breaking anything or whatever. I mean, I have people over to my own home, and it's not illegal. Yeah. So. See, that's that's the thing. That's how I like because I, I hear about that in so many of the groups. They sit there and just monitor their cameras, sit there and watch the guests. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? 
you know I say go get a hobby you are you have a new you have a new income stream go get a hobby I have literally only checked my camera two times two times in two years yeah because get a hobby like it actually makes me uncomfortable looking at the camera it's there for backup peace of mind if there's an actual problem like someone steals your television but yeah. not for you to like watch them walk in and out like ew that's so mm. weird. That really is. It's funny. That is weird. All right, so you're you're up in um in Portlandia. Mm-hmm. Right? So what about um? Are you four twenty friendly? I mean, like my house is um like not in. I prefer if they don't smoke inside just because of my kids. I mean, I know I'm not one of those weird hosts who like freaks out because I know that cigarette smoke actually sticks way worse than marijuana smoke. You can just open the doors for marijuana and it's gone in like an hour. It's not a it's not a huge deal. Um but I do prefer if they smoke outside. But yeah, I mean you kinda have to be four twenty friendly when, you know, it's legal. Like what am I gonna do? Yeah. Recreationally legal. That is a good question. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Micah gotta go um do a little tour of Portland. So <laughs> we might need a need a place to stay. Yeah. I was, I was asking for a friend though. well that's actually how i found out that guy was a rapper because my brother works at a pot shop and he was like hey yeah this rapper came in the other day blah 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 and he was doing a performance and i was like oh i think i had a musician staying at my house who was doing a performance and he he knew the guy's name because it wasn't him who booked it it was like his roadie or whatever and so we made that connection because of marijuana so apparently he went to my brother's shop and bought a bunch of weed and then <laughs> came back to my house. <laughs> so your brother's a hustler too. Yeah. Yes. Hold on, hold on. He owns a dispensary? No, he he was the manager of a dispensary. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's something I really want to invest in too. So. Is it? Hey, it's a good business. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that in any economy, that'll be going up. So everybody's saying gummy bears are all the rage now. Gummy bear, like edibles? Edibles, yeah. Mm, yeah. Edibles will take you there, man. <laughs> yeah. They won't let you down easy either, from what <laughs> no. I hear. Uh, no. so, you, so you love Airbnb. Are you on um, on HomeAway? I'm sorry, VRBO, which, whatever it's called now. You need yeah. any of those? Yeah, I mean, I do have a listing on Booking.com and VRBO. Um, and I think, what is it? FlipKey, all of those. But Honestly, every time I get a, a booking request on those, it just seems like scams. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I obviously I see that other people are booking using those, but every one that I get seems to be that conversation where it's like, I want to prepay for $1,000 over your rate. And I'm like, why? how does this <laughs> even happen? So, I mean, I, I guess my decline rate on those is like 100% because I've never actually completed a booking through any of them. I just maybe do one message back and forth, and then I realize, nope, can't do, do this. You have a, do you have Instant Book on? On on Airbnb? On mm-hmm. both, Airbnb and HomeAway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because what I found out on HomeAway, when you have on Instant Book, you usually get the legit guests then. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have it on Instant Book, but my I don't monitor those ones as much as I monitor Airbnb yeah. in terms of um, – like I use, I heard one of you guys is using um, one of the pricing things. I use Beyond Pricing, mm-hmm. um, 
but I, I think I heard on one of your podcasts that you don't like beyond pricing. Somebody said some, you should use something else. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was telling you to use price labs. I, I, oh, I, price still labs. Use, I still use beyond pricing for some of my listings, but the rest of them, it's all uh price labs. Yeah. I, I like using beyond pricing and, and I don't monitor the pricing on those other ones. So I'm sure my rate on, on the other platforms is looking a little, little high. <laughs> no pun intended. She <laughs> booked. Hey, so, about how big is your house, and how many bedrooms and bathrooms? So, I only have a three-bedroom, two-bath house, which sounds like a common size house that you guys do. What I did that was unique is that we did built-in queen-size bunk beds. Ooh. So, like one bedroom actually has a queen over queen. So, there's four queen beds in two built-in bunk beds directly into the wall. That is cool. And then another room has a queen over queen built-in bunk bed, and then we have our master. So basically my two girls' rooms have these massive sleeping quarters. So, you know, it actually sleeps more than 15. Like if people look at how many beds are in the house, Mm -hmm. and they're like, hmm, look, she has the pull-out couch, and she has queen, 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 crib, and like everything. But I'm only allowed to put that I can sleep 15. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's is, that is awesome. I, I heard, you know, I listened to a, a podcast. It just came back. You know, they were, they went on hiatus for a little bit called Shampoo and Booze. I don't know if you heard of them. Uh-uh. Okay, they're another Airbnb podcast. Shout out to them. They were on our show one time. Anyways, um, she mentioned, she was it's her and her sister now, and she was talking about on her show that, that they have bunk beds, but they're adult bunk beds. It goes, they're made them out of this really nice oak, and they built them into the wall. And so I was like, adult bunk beds? Is that a thing now? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, yeah. the only bunk beds I knew was kids' bunk beds, and then, right. you know, traveling Europe in hostels, and I stayed in some right. crappy bunk beds yeah. over there. But wow, like, that's, that, that's an awesome idea. Yeah, because you said you had them built. Like, did you buy them, or you just had them built? Because mm-hmm. that's been my problem with bunk beds. I'm like, I can't have no No, you... You have a contractor build them. If you my my um, Airbnb listing can be found at just rentme.vip. I did a custom URL for it, so it's nice. rentme.vip. And so yeah, it's just it's literally um, like there. I don't know what it's called. It's called it's got like spackle spackle on it. Like it's literally built in. It's like a wall, and it's just cut out. It's pretty cool. Man, I like That's that bathroom. Awesome. Like your house. Oh, he's looking at your yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rentme.vip? Uh, yeah, rentme.vip. Oh, man, this is so bad. so home right here. I can look at all these trees <laughs> right now. Well, here's, here's one of the things. If you're, if you're looking at my listing, here's one of the things that I, I want to instill in anyone thinking about doing Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Is your home does not have to be perfect. Yep. A lot of the people who were coming to me when I decided to do the e-course is they would say things like, well, my home's not like your home. And I'm like... Uh, I have, you know, chips in my wall. I have missing molding. I have, it's a regular home. I'm not like a Hilton. It, you know, there's elements of my home that are very nice. But there, there's a lot of it that's pretty regular. You see the dead grass in my photos. You know, I say like the outdoor space is like not really safe because we've been doing construction on and off for two years. Like, it's not like I live in some mansion. You know, it's a regular ranch style house. So when people are thinking, oh, I can't do it because my, my house isn't ready yet. It's ready. Like, it can be ready by this weekend if you just, yeah. you know. It's not like it has to cost $10,000 to get it ready. Just go buy some sheets, 
throw them on your beds, and you're good. Dude, I, I love your kitchen. That <laughs> is a nice kitchen. Like, I like that modern look you have to it. And then, like, you don't have cabinets. I like that. Like, there's no cabinets. You say, that's open. Oh, man, I'm considering doing that myself. I like that kitchen. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to share your listing in the show notes. That is a really nice kitchen. So where, do you, you. where did you get your uh, furniture from? Veronica? Um, yeah, I mean, a variety of places. Like, my bedroom furniture is from Dania, which Dania is super, like, eco-friendly and, you know, into sort of, like, the minimalist type of style. Um, and then, like, my couch is a Stanton couch, which you can get anywhere, but it's custom. And they have, like, if you're researching pull-out beds, that's, like, the nicest pull-out bed on a couch is Stanton. Um, and my kitchen that you're loving on i didn't put that in the previous owners did but i know for a fact it's ikea so there you go it looks all fancy but it's ikea um and then yeah i mean i'm just a regular person so like my dining room table is like my grandma's dining room table and i just throw a tablecloth over it because it's like really crappy so it doesn't have to be perfect or brand new like it's just i don't know the the couch in my family um one of my kids rooms is kind of like a playroom slash bedroom uh, was like a hand-me-down from my my sister-in-law you know like i'm just a regular person it's not all new <laughs> you make it work you make it work <laughs> totally. I'd, I'd rather have like like real furniture than um if they do try to go a certain cheap i don't know modern too modern where it's not even comfortable you know what i'm saying right so right um, and ross Dude, if you're trying to outfit an Airbnb, I am 100% on the Ross train. Like, every single picture up in my house is from Ross. I leave the price tags on the back so that if, like, because I advertise, like, someday I want Ross to, like, you know, like, make me an influencer. Because I'm like, I love it. Ross is so awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we did one of our places downtown Dallas straight up off Ross. Yeah. Yes. It's, I mean, the prices are so incredible. Yeah, Mahogany's works of magic out of Ross. So, yeah. yeah. So you, you mentioned influencer, and that's a big thing now. Um, I, do you have a, I'm sure you have an Instagram, right? I do have an Instagram. The problem is, you know, I don't know how to run a business like this. This is so random. So my Instagram is just our travel photos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't really integrate. I mean, I maybe mention in the comments that we're on this vacation because of Airbnb and that kind of thing. But basically, it's just my kids and, like, Paris and crap. <laughs> eh, just Paris and crap, you know. Yeah. No big deal. NBD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you watch Portlandia? I don't. Okay. I mean, I did it the first season, but then not so much. Because when you talked about really the... I don't watch TV. Okay. I don't watch... What's I don't Portlandia? Have cable. Portlandia is a show. It's a, com- it's a com- com- uh, comedy. A little comedy on um, Comedy Central. Is it Comedy Central? Yeah, I believe it's Comedy like Central, that. one of those. And it's the guy, um, the, he's an ex-Saturday Night Live dude and this girl, and they just do sketch comedy. It's hilarious. And they make fun of, you know, the hipster-type environment in um, in Portland. And oh. um, but one episode mentioned uh, the, this guy that sold pull-out um, sofas, and it, he was the pull-out king. And oh, then, really? But it gets funny because <laughs> the other guy's like, no way, I'm the pull-out king. And, and, and. Oh, that's funny. So I thought, I thought you might have seen that episode. I had not. So look up Portlandia, pull out King, and, and, okay. and just laugh your ass off. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so um, that's that's really cool. I mean, you have a you have an awesome place and two 
283 per night. That's wow. That's that's good money right there. Yeah. I mean, that's without you plugging in dates. So it just sort of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I took here's one of the ways that I um I because of my method, I will ask my friends nearby like what dates are you going on a trip? What dates are you going on a trip? And I will go in and I'll edit my calendar so that on all the dates where I know I can stay at my best friend's house, I just make the rate <laughs> super low. Because, like, I don't know what our travel schedule is going to be like, but I do know that I can stay there for free and I can make, like, whatever. And it's just free money on on my house. So I edit my prices accordingly. You need, to, you need to talk to my wife because I'm like, I, I had the same idea because we just moved into this house. You know, we got a mm-hmm. two-story house with a pool and stuff. Really, really cool. And I was like, oh, we should rent it out when we go out of town. Said, oh, totally. It's our house and this and that. I'm like, oh, man, it's a money-making machine is what it is. Totally. <laughs> it is. I mean, the main thing is just get different sheets. I mean, we have different sheets and different duvets. So it's not like, and we have different towels. We have our regular personal towels, and the renters have their own towels. Nice. But come on, we all stay at hotels. I mean, we share sheets after they've been washed all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So now, oh, go ahead. I was looking at your cleaning fee. Mm. You charge three hundred dollars to clean. Like, how, has that deterred anybody, or are they cool with it? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just answered a question on Cora. Cora, uh-huh. I think it's called the other day about the cleaning fee. Um, because people feel like it's, you know, people who charge high cleaning fees, they think it's some sort of scam. Like we're just like rolling in the dough. But the reality is, is that to have a 2000 square foot house cleaned in Portland costs $150, right? Like that's just the hourly fees piled up. It's $150. And then when you have as many beds as I have, because I have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine beds plus towels, which, you know, we could go through 30 towels in a week. Um, there's no way that my personal washer and dryer could turn that over yep. in five hours, right? My renters check out at 11 a.m. and my next one's check in at 4 p.m. Like on Friday, we're going to be doing this exact process because we have a checkout and a check-in same day. So a regular washer and dryer can't handle that. Yeah. And the fee to have someone come and pick up like 50 pounds of, of towels and crap and take them to a commercial launder laundry place and do that and drop them back off is $150. So 150 plus mm. 150, we're looking at 300 bucks and I just made it 297 to make it look fancy. Like, <laughs> like that's really the only logic there, but it, that's how much it costs. If you want a house clean, you know, if you want the oven cleaned and the microwave wiped out and the refrigerator cleaned before you arrive, that's just reality. I need to raise my cleaning fee. Two word, oh. two yeah. word, two words for you, Veronica. Febreze. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm just messing. Like, just lice all that stuff. Just lice all that. <laughs> How about tell your guest I'll give you a hundred dollars off if you clean the house for me. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's just crazy how much can get dirty in a house versus, you know, hotel rooms are are created to be sort of mass production cleaned easily. But I mean, they're like the little ugh, I just went and took the trash out at my at my house because I'm like 10 minutes away from my house. So I went and took the trash out yesterday night 
and my kids were in the car because I'd picked them up from school. And she said that the little boy was like licking the window as. <laughs> as <laughs> oh. I'm like, I mean, you can't. There's just so much to clean. Little kids are licking windows, and there's you know there's mirrors everywhere, and we have stainless steel. I, mean, I don't know. There's so much to clean. I do not fault like my cleaning lady. I just can't imagine. I've tried to do those bunk beds by myself. It is a freaking nightmare. I mean. I'm not like a skinny girl, but climbing into a queen size bunk bed eight times in a row, like to clean, to, to turn over sheets, not easy, <laughs> not easy. Oh, no. I never thought about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Part of climbing in them and cleaning. Yeah. And getting, oh man. Totally. So have you had guests hit, um, when they, when they reach out to you, do they say, Hey, can I get it like a break or something on the cleaning fee? Or do they, do they ask for like discounts? Um, if a, if a guest asks for a discount, you know what I say? No. <laughs> I like you. There you go. No. <laughs> because no is a complete sentence. And y- you know as well as I do, you've read enough stories or you've probably experienced this with as many listeners as you have. The people who are looking for the breaks are the worst guests. Yep. They are just so demanding and needy. Even the people who book my place when it is on a lower rate, I can tell. They, they do rate me down for like location or whatever. And I'm like, I live in a suburb. Like, whatever. I don't care. But my overall is still, like, a five. But those people, you can tell they're just like, well, where's this? Or, I don't know. I Those I people know frustrate me. I'd rather rent fewer nights for higher price yeah. and have clients who are not weird. Now, you know, location's one of those things is kind of stupid to me because you book the place. I mean, totally. you know where it is. I mean, I, totally. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've been real stickler about location, but... Unless you, like, I, I do have Airbnbs that are in um, corners of not-so-good neighborhoods. They're in the back of them, so it's yeah. not like you're, you know. But, yeah, I understand that part, but, yeah, it's my two cents on location. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid thing to rate on. I agree. So now so now going back real quickly to the, um, to the discount-asking people, in defense mm-hmm. of my discount-asking peeps, and it's, <laughs> I've, you know, because I've, you know, I've Airbnb'd, obviously, and um, recently had to stop because they, they banned it in my city. But anyways, um, anyways, <laughs> that, you, do, you, do you listen to other podcasts? Because there's one called Tim, Tim Ferriss. It's pretty popular. You ever listen to him? Anyways, I just listen to one other one. I'm pretty yeah, Live Let Thrive, right? Just, uh, just Live Let Thrive. <laughs> That's the one. That is just the one. <laughs> You're like, who are these cussing mofos on this? I got kids. Um, anyways... <laughs> I heard like a really smart business guy go on there and he said, you know, always ask for a discount. He goes, no matter where you go, he said, go to, go to, um, Home Depot, go to, uh, Starbucks, go whatever. He just always asks, can I get 10% off? And it's, it, it, the point is, it's just getting you uh, to be a better negotiator in business, in life, whatever. And it's not even about the discount. He goes, the worst thing they can say is no. And mm-hmm. so I, even before I heard that, I always kind of lived like that. I said, well, the worst thing they could say is no. If I, found, I started looking, okay, I'm going to go to Miami. I'll look up like um, 10 different listings that I like, maybe narrow it down to like five. And, and then I'd send them messages. Hey, you know, we're coming in on this date. We love your place. You know, compliment the heck out of them. And I said, um, is there any way, you know, for those dates you, we could get like a little bit, a little discount, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of them would say, no, we can't do that. Every now and then, someone would say, oh, you know, I'll waive the cleaning fee. How's that? I was like, cool. And, like, yeah. it, it goes, you don't, I, I was, and I'm, I was not a terrible guest. I, I left their place spotless. 
but I know there's probably people that are, and uh, I'm just saying that it just goes to show you never you never know until you ask, right? Yeah. So in defense of um, my uh, so my discount askers, I, I think the reason that I'm pretty against that is because when I was in college, I worked at a furniture store. And there was there would always be articles about how you know you should always ask for a discount on the furniture you know especially since it's such a variable secret price that they like you know add up the fabric and whatever and there's there is wiggle room and there's wiggle room in everything right everything from the plumbers that come to your house to to the physical items that you buy but one thing that I've noticed about America specifically is how little we value people's work. Like, people in this country, I just feel, in general, don't get paid enough for the value that they provide. And so I would never want to, like, belittle somebody on the the money that they deserve to make. I believe that they deserve to make it. And so even at some place like Home Depot, those employees aren't getting paid crap. So when they give the 10% discount, it just, you know, jacks up the structure. And I don't know. I just feel like more people should be thriving. And they're just not. And so I... I try to do math sometimes when I'm out and about and I'll be like, how much, how much should it cost to do this service? And I'll be like, I don't understand how they're doing it for this cheap. Like me, I overestimate how much people like deserve to be making for these things. So I guess I, that's just my mentality. I just feel like everyone deserves to be paid more. And this country is just not providing as much as it should for the people who work their asses off. Mm. is underappreciated. I like that. That is like cool. That. that is cool. One quick, one quick thing about Home Depot. I don't know why I brought it up, and then you brought it up. And, and, but, but I, I worked there. I worked there Did for you? like a, <clears throat> just about a month. I was just trying to. I was working like two jobs. Try to. I was, I was um, trying to make a little bit more money for this for something. I don't remember weed probably. But <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so, but I would. They put us through this cool little training course and stuff, and um, oh. Oddly enough, they showed us this video cassette. This is how long ago it was. They put a video cassette in of the Pike Place guys, you know, the Seattle, the ones that throw the fish and all that stuff. Fish. I've read that book. Yeah, and they well, they make they make this corporate video that yeah. all the Home Depots, but back then they would a lot of companies would buy this video, and it just showed how their business was, you know, how they related to the people, and the people became part of the business, and it was just they just became, you know, it was about their brand, about you know, just being awesome, and. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, they they showed us this video and stuff. And um, oh, by the way, that video, uh, the lady with the lady was training us said it cost like I don't know two thousand dollars for this cassette. I don't. It, it was weird, is you know. Yeah. But anyways, um, I could bootleg them for like ten. But <laughs> but I'm getting off. I'm getting off course. But I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back, Veronica. Okay. So the Home Depot thing. She told us, you know, many people don't know this, but we give all of our employees the um the power to to give 10 percent discount if mm-hmm. someone at the someone asks them at the store and so anything above 10 percent, let's say they're, they're trying to buy this thing and it has like a ding on it you know of course it's going to be cheaper and but a manager would have to approve okay we'll give you 15 or 20 percent off but anyways every every home depot employee has the ability or did back then to give a 10 percent discount to to a customer asking for one so there you go yeah but who's making the money in the home depot <laughs> Why you only the, worked there for a month? You were saying, yeah, percent off. No, <laughs> like I worked there for a month. They're giving a, the, <laughs> that employee makes like twelve dollars an hour, and they are giving them all this this 
power. But I mean, I don't know. America's system's just weird. I mean, you got people who work in a store. They work so hard. I don't know. It's just okay. a different way to look at it. Yeah. yeah, there's a different way to look at it. My way is the correct way, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're getting a good deal. There you go. Now, if it's a mom and pop joint, and yeah, it's their money, their their overhead. Yeah, okay. But Home Depot is a massive corporation, whatever. But, but anyway, so back on track. So uh, I like I like what you said about the different stuff for renters. Is there like a closet or something you keep at your house that's just totally locked off where they can't get to, or what? The only place I keep in my house that's locked off is my little attic space, like with the pull down ladder from the ceiling. Uh huh. Yeah. I've I've minimized basically everything else. Wow. Dang. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I need to look into this minimalism life. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's different. But you know what's crazy is once one person does it, people around you do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of um it's like a little disease. Like you spread it around. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, Airbnb is great analogy. Yeah. I know. Do your friends do Airbnb now that you do Airbnb? Um, not, well, I kind of just met a bunch of people that were uh, interested in it. Yeah, or, people, I hope people have been, that's why I created the courses, because people would be like, I want to do that. And so then, like, people around me, it just started spreading, like, I want to do it in Airbnb, and I want to yeah. do it in Airbnb. Yeah, my, my parents are looking to do one, because they, they manage one of mine that are that's out of state in Arkansas. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, they want to do it now. They're looking for a house to do it. So, yeah, it's people that, it's, they try, they start to hop on, especially, like, how they see they kind of see how the one that they're managing works. They're like, dang, you can really make money doing this. So, yeah, they, they start coming on it, too. Well, I, I started because Micah told me about it. Yeah? He, he, were you, yeah. Guys friend, you guys were friends beforehand? Well, we met through Bigger Pockets. You've heard of Bigger Pockets? It's like a real estate um, website plus podcast okay. and all that stuff. Hey, check into it. It's really good. Um, okay. So, anyways, we met through that. Like, um, They have like a little, um, I don't know, Facebook page, but it's like kind of their, just their thing. And um, I was doing, I, I still do a stock investing club. And he said, oh, he wanted to come sit in on that. And he's talking about all these weed stocks. And, uh, <laughs> well, he mentioned he did Airbnb and he's making a killing. I was like, oh, snap, you know. And so we just started talking about it. And I, I can turn my house into an Airbnb and, and, I, and I moved to another house. And, and that's, that was like my first, I just jumped into it. I mean, he convinced me the money was good. And I was yeah. like, well, worse, put, you know, worse comes to worse, I just rent it out long term. But um, so I said, well, let's do a podcast. I used to have a rock and roll podcast. I said, let's talk Airbnb. There wasn't there wasn't very many Airbnb podcasts out there, and so I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think there is very many. But no, so, there's not. Yeah, Only so we two. started. Yeah, we started a podcast, and then I started my Airbnb. I was like, well, if I'm gonna talk about Airbnb, I might as well do it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a little bit bittersweet when I had to switch it back to long term because they, you know, they banned it in my city, yeah. but I'm looking for yeah, the next that's one. So sucky. That's what I don't understand. Like when you, when you have invested that money into buying a house, um, or in your case, you know, you already had it and you moved on. I don't understand how these regulations come up and creep up. And then people aren't grandfathered in. Like I was trying to think of other examples of that. Like, let's say, let's say a dispensary, like, like builds a building in a place where it's legal and then like the next day there's a rule there's a new legislation that they can't do it like i can't believe that there's no recourse for people who have made a massive investment into something and then they can just flip a switch it's so frustrating yeah and, and that, that that is like and, I, and i've been telling people 
if you're going to do it, like if you're going to buy and do Airbnb, I would literally suggest you not look at laws and regulations because those can change. I literally only go places where I know Airbnb pays the occupancy taxes because I know for a fact the the city more than likely isn't going to overturn anything because that's been a problem. Like in the city of Arlington where I live, that was the problem. They were like, oh, yeah, you can pay taxes to the city, which we we were. You pay taxes to the city, and then they overturn everything. It's like, what? You know, and and it gets gets real frustrating. So I I always – I send people this site. Matter of fact, let me just kind of – I'll share my screen and show you the site I look at. This mm. is like the guaranteed way of like how to pretty much avoid any of the regulation crap. I'll just use this. You guys can probably see my screen, right? Yeah, and explain to the fans what we're looking at here. Yeah, so pretty much what you're looking at is the, like you go to this Airbnb. This is where Airbnb remits taxes in the state of Oregon, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is what I use for anywhere I'm going to invest. There goes Portland. Lincoln City, you know, I just use this, and this is where I go. Like, I was like, I'll go to this website, and bam, that's what I do. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, and I, you know, that's, I'm getting sick of it as well. You know, it's kind of, you know, the making up random rules, and the, the reasons for it are outlandish, and sometimes that Outlandish. So. Well, okay, so here's another thing that was rolling in my, around in my brain as, as they were doing this. So, even though the city lifted the rules, and, and now that city, right, you know, two blocks me can can do airbnb now the county is exploring like should we put more restrictions or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's like you've got multiple jurisdictions and then i was saying to myself listen if i was just independently wealthy and i could just afford to pay a house sitter to come to my house every week while i go on these vacations nobody would bat an eyelash that the stranger Mm -hmm. was in my house because i was paying her but apparently the stranger danger of somebody paying me is too much to bear. Yep. It just doesn't make any any freaking sense on any level. Like, you don't know me just because I bought the house next door. I'm yeah. still a stranger. Just yeah. as much so as the renters that come in. So, yeah. All of it is just infuriating, right? <laughs> oh. This is me off. It's, it's, it's easy. It's easy for politicians to find something popular and just blame all the all the problems on that one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Traffic. I mean, they say that traffic is caused by our Airbnb. <laughs> I'm like, traffic. I leave and somebody comes. Like that's not causing any extra traffic. Wow. wow. Traffic. <sighs> yeah. That's yeah, insane. well, so in our, in our city, I actually did this because they said that at a meeting. They said, oh, your, your Airbnbs are causing traffic. So I went down our row of businesses and I asked every hourly employee at Subway and Safeway and Supercuts and all of those places, like, where do you live? And every single one of them said that they lived in the town of Gresham. There was like two mm-hmm. that lived in Wilsonville, which obviously you're not necessarily familiar. Yeah. It's 40 minutes away. Yeah. So... Every employee, basically, except for the two that live south, every employee lived super far east, 40 mm-hmm. minutes away. The fact that people can't afford to live where they work is what's causing traffic. Ooh, Not my yeah. freaking Airbnb. If they could afford to live near where they worked at their crappy job, we would not have nearly the traffic. So, I don't know. I'm not a politician, but y'all are blaming the wrong thing. And it's uh, just... Cost of living in Portland is insane. Totally. I left there like what, ten, eleven years ago. I was like, oh heck no! Like it's like the the house I live in would probably be 
a million dollar house just being the city. Oh yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, you when we watch your like Atlanta or you know Houston house hunters episodes, and we see the demands that people have and the price tags that they have, we're like, wait, you expect to have a roof for that price? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can't believe the house prices in comparison. It's like I bought a house that was. So shitty. It was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a short sale. It was like, I mean, barely habitable, but habitable for how poor we were at the time. And it was like, I mean, it was two hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. And it it was is horrible. I mean, the floors were lifting, and there was dead trees all over the place. An in-ground swimming pool that wasn't permitted. I mean, there was just catastrophe after catastrophe, and. And it was a lot of money in comparison to wow. what I know you can get other places. Yeah. Back, back to, like, I guess, what we saw firsthand about, you know, cities banning it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I mean, you've heard um, not in my backyard, you know, that, that whole argument. Of course, you're, mm-hmm. you live right next to a lady that says that crap. Yeah. But anyways, um, we go into the city council meetings. We saw, like, how many old people go to those things. Old retired people have a lot of power in your city because they go to those council meetings, and they're barking Mm -hmm. at these council people, and they're voting them in. And it's like us youngsters, well, we got jobs, we got families, we got whatever, school. And it's like we're not really participating in the local government level like the old Mm -hmm. blue hairs are. You know what I'm saying? So they have a lot of pull in what goes on in our cities, so... Totally. And I don't know if you guys watch, I mean, you guys are plugged into the industry, but I've been watching the Honolulu city council meetings because my husband applied for a job in Honolulu and we were kind of just tracking the situation over there. And Honolulu has got a very contentious fight happening in their Airbnbs right now. Yeah, they've had had that for a while. Have Um, they? Yeah, because I have some rental places I rent out over there. Oh, do you? It's Yeah, Hawaii... Like, out of the United States, the toughest places I've seen are, like, Hawaii, New Orleans. And it's funny, my wife is going to an Airbnb in New Orleans tomorrow, so it works. But, yeah, Hawaii, New Orleans. And then I heard, just recently heard Detroit's coming down on Airbnb. (laughs) Like, the city ain't got nothing up in it. (laughs) Let some Airbnb up in there. Let somebody make some freaking money. Well, I mean, and the people who were testifying at the Honolulu one, they all worked for the big um, Hilton and Marriott, the big, um, those places. And they would say things like, I was homeless for two years because of Airbnb. Uh, I've been working for Marriott for 37 years or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. You've had a job (laughs) for 37 years and you were homeless for two of that? That is not Airbnb's fault. That's the fact that your employer doesn't pay you a living wage. You're the wrong person. That's crazy. Uh, you know, we're just the little guy. We're just the little guy. We just want to make a buck. Come on. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Veronica, this has been a great interview, and we yeah, we appreciate good. you coming on and and enlightening us, uh, enlightening us about renting your own house out, your own primary house, while you you know step out somewhere else. That's that's the cool. I mean, that's exactly what I want to do, and I, I know a lot of people want to do that. And and I've had um, friends try the whole rent out of their own house thing. That you know, that's the thing you were talking about. It, it spreads like you know wildfire, or you said like a disease. How you yeah. put it? <laughs> but but the thing is, then you get like hit hammered with all kinds of questions all day long, right? Away yeah. from your friends. What do I do with this? What do I do? Look, look, I got a booking. What do I do? Well, freaking yeah. answer them. Yeah. I don't know. 
it's like a double-edged That's sword. I charge a consulting fee now. I'm one ninety nope. nine an hour, and then I'll answer all your questions. You get me for one hour. Hold nice. on, hold on. You charge two hundred dollars for an hour? No. Yeah. No, a dollar. What? No. One hundred, one hundred ninety-nine dollars an hour. Oh, oh, oh an up. hour. Let me change my pricing yeah. rate. Hold up. And they that's pay my, that. That's my consulting rate. Uh-huh. And they pay that. Yeah, because Portland's regulations are so complicated, people feel overwhelmed, and so I just basically explain it to them in dummy terms, and like show them what they can do, and I can do that for one hundred ninety-nine bucks. That's not a bad deal if you're going to start up your own Airbnb. Yeah, I'm, I'm changing my rates right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, time is money. I know. I saw Fair your enough. rate, and I was like, "Oh, that's low for the expert knowledge." I mean, yep. what they're going to do with that knowledge is make money. So exactly. it's really? like, it's got a lot of value there. Be an Airbnb coach, Micah. A what? <laughs> Be an Airbnb life coach. <laughs> you can do it. Come on, let's let's do this. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's the money is. is. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, okay. Give us your okay. Give us your sites again, so people can okay, can so hit you up. My my overall brand is vacayvisionary.com. So if you go to v a c a y v i s i o n a r y dot com. That houses, you can see my rentme.vip, my actual Airbnb listing. You can see my homeowner hustle e-course. You can see my freebies on there. It links to my Instagram. Everything's basically vacay visionaries, like the head brand of everything I do. Nice. Did you want to leave like a, a phone number two for your hotline or you just saw, leave it, leave it there? No. Okay. <laughs> Ain't nobody calling me. Ain't nobody calling me. You can email me, and then if you're not creepy, I'll go ahead and give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> do define, people call you? Define do people creepy. call you? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't do that. Well, we used to have a number. We used to have a number back in the day. Uh, well, we still have one, but I changed it to Google Voice. It's a different number, but I changed right. it to Google Voice, so people yeah. are just hitting up Hit you personal. up all the time. Steve puts his personal out I there. I put my personal know. number on the show do notes. You? I do. Oh, and wow, um, and I've, I've got a couple couple calls and text messages not too much you know it's, it's weird and you know i have my personal phone number on there but now yeah. that i'm announcing it maybe maybe someone will call me all the oh, airbnb man, group groupies funny. out there yeah yeah i just uh, changed my rate to 200 dollars an hour get it get there it. you go <laughs> This is awesome. Well, thank you so much for hopping on, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll promote the heck out of you for coming on. Yeah. And um, any any closing? You got like, well, I always ask like um, the like people that come on the show, like if they have this one tip that like that you haven't heard anywhere else. You know, yeah. one of your like a, a a hot Veronica tip. You know, just something that like Veronica that something you've discovered. Like if I do this, I, you know, it's really cool. I don't know. Okay, so. I think with all of my businesses, my main like quote that I say to myself is your mind is meant to be changed. Your heart is meant to be followed. So stop getting in your own way. Follow your freaking heart and just do some shit that's going to like make your life good. That's not you know right what? There. I heard a quote that's kind of like that. A little is bit. it? What is it? It was, um, the, the heavyweight champ, well, the ex-heavyweight champ, Anthony Joshua, he said this. He said, uh, don't let success get to your head and don't let failure get to your heart. Yes. Yeah. Totally. 
I like oh. that quote you just said too. Yeah. That, that was dope. Especially in America, our brain is like poisoned with all these negative thoughts of how things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you guys are just like, you're visionaries like me. We're like, there's a better way. We're going to make it. We care about our families and we care about living our life to the fullest. And that's what these businesses and this whole sharing economy is all about is making a life worth living and not like living for the weekend. Do, do a weird setup where you're making money in all these different streams so that you can see your kids so that you can like really live instead of being chained to a job. Would you say live, let and thrive? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the tagline. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Veronica. And, um, and we hope, yeah, we'll help touch, we'll touch base with you again in the future and see how you're kicking more ass. And um, Micah, got any closing thoughts? No, catch us at uh, LiveLetThrive.com. You can also catch me at ShareBnB.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're about to really get the YouTube popped off with this new Zoom we got going on. So, yeah, that's about it. Oh, by the way, on Anthony Joshua, you mentioned him. Looks like my cousin from that works at the at the car shop knocked his ass out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a boxing thing, Veronica. Check it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Veronica Hansen. Live, let, thrive. Bye. Peace out. Bye, Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.